The Braves are back atop the NLE standings after a wild game in Oakland on Tuesday night where the Atlanta Braves offense helped picked up Kyle Wright, who had an unusually poor performance on the mound, and the Braves win 10-9. to And with the Mets' loss, they are now tied for the NL East division lead. We'll cover all that, talk about Tuesday's wild game, and set you up for Wednesday afternoon's game as well. All that on this episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball and check out my bio there to see where I'm covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com, where I've been the co-editor for several years now. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell and hit that thumbs up button on this video as it does help support the show a ton when you do that and thanks for making lockdown braves your first listen of each and every day we post episodes daily five days a week monday through friday and are free and available on all platforms on this episode of lockdown braves going to be talking about tuesday's big win we're going to be talking about the atlanta braves getting even with the new york mets in the nl East. talk about the offensive performance mainly from tuesday and what they were able to do, we'll get into Kyle Wright's bad start and Kenley Jansen with a much-needed clean save for the Atlanta Braves and what ended up being a very tight game. The Atlanta Braves do win 10-9 to on Tuesday. Like I said, ended up being a lot closer than maybe we thought early on as the Braves took an early 3-0 lead and then a 6-1 to lead, only to see all of that disappear and we'll talk about that more in a second. But with the win and the Mets losing to the Pirates 8-2, to two, the Braves move into a tie in first play, a first place in the NL East. Now, the Mets have now lost three in a row. The Braves have won three in a row. And they, we are now dead even with 26 games left to play. And that is just kind of absurd to even say and think about when you consider the Braves were 10 and a half games back at one point this season. And especially when you consider since the beginning of June, the Mets have are 51 and 34. That's pretty good baseball. And like I said, had a 10 and a half game lead on the Braves. However, since then, Atlanta is 62 and 24. That's best record in all of baseball. And because of that, again, Mets have played great. They played great all year. They are a really good team. The Mets or the Braves have just been playing out of their minds since June 1st. They have really turned it on. And you could say some of that was the competition that the Braves were playing, especially in June. But you can't really use that excuse over three plus months now. The Braves have continued to play just great baseball. Uh, they've had some hiccups here and there. The the series in City Field against the Mets that series against the Cardinals where they blew a couple of late leads, but 
for the most part, this team's been very consistent since June 1st, playing really good baseball, no matter what the competition looks like. And, you know, even though they're playing a, an A's team right now, you know, who on paper isn't very good, their record doesn't indicate that. They have some good players on there, which you saw on Tuesday night. And, you know, look at the the Mets and what they're going through right now, playing a softer schedule, you know, the softest schedule in September. And you're playing a Nats team with some young players who are hungry and motivated. You're playing a, you know, you're playing a Pirates team that has some good young players on it, like O'Neill Cruz, who hit an absolute missile out on Tuesday as well. So, you know, these games aren't always easy. You look at them on paper and maybe you think so, but the Mets are seeing right now that's not the case. And the Braves almost saw that on Tuesday as well as they almost blew a big lead to the Oakland Athletics. But they didn't, and it was because of the offense. The offense scored 10 runs on 13 hits, five walks, and just six strikeouts. Love to see the limited strikeouts there. Put the ball in play, and it definitely worked out on Tuesday night. The Braves had some fortunate breaks, some balls, find some holes, and drop in. So, you know, there's the added benefit of putting the ball in play. Just three extra base hits out of those 13, two doubles and a home run. Uh, four for nine with runners in scoring position, though, taking advantage of those opportunities. Just six left on base. Every starter reached base at least once, again, doing it one through nine. And the offense really staying hot. Again, kind of had cooled off in the second half of that Cardinals series and into that Rocky series for the most part, but really picked it up over the weekend in Miami, as we talked about on yesterday's podcast. And they stay hot out in Oakland as they begin a tough West Coast trip. And what I loved about the offensive performance in this one is they kept adding on, scored three in the first, then continued to score, scored again in the third, scored again in the fifth inning, and scoring in bunches. So you love to see that from this offense. Again, when they're rolling, that's exactly what they can do to you. Matt Olson made his return out to the Coliseum in Oakland. He had a big three-run homer in this game. Uh, so great to see that for him and his return to Oakland he also walked and scored a run and he also made a great defensive play in the eighth inning with AJ Minter on the mound a ball hit down the line he made a great diving stop was able to roll over and throw a bead to AJ Minter who just got to the bag in time for the out uh, a great play by Matt Olson who I've said on here really has picked up his defense in the second half of the season was not great early on don't really understand the reasoning for that I mean you would think playing defense in one place is the same as another, but perhaps he's starting to become a little bit more comfortable with the Braves' defensive alignment and who's around him, but he has certainly looked better defensively in the second half. Vaughn Grissom, also a highlight on offense in this game, a four-hit game, the first of his career. And I believe at least three of them, if not all of them, were balls that he just kind of inside-outed and hit, shot the other way, you know, through the hole on the right side or into – to right field you know, only one of the balls he hit was hit particularly hard and he almost had a fifth hit if not for a great play by Tony Kemp who made a diving play to just get Von Grissom at first base so good to see Von Grissom pick things up he had cooled off a bit towards the end of August but has a hit in every game in September so far and again had a forehead game on Tuesday and in September he's got a pair of doubles and a home run so the extra base is coming as well so great to see that from Vaughn Grissom Marcelo Zuna who I talked about yesterday you know re-entered the lineup and has been producing he did so again on Tuesday had two more hits 
including a big two-out, two-RBI single in the fifth inning, which, again, every run was vitally important in this one. That was certainly a big hit there to drive into. Michael Harris, the other troublemaker with Vaughn Grissom in the lineup, faced some tough lefties in this game and honestly had some ugly swings in it. But again, faced a lot of lefties here. But he did have a big RBI single in the fifth and advanced to second, a play where he was originally called out but was overturned. And that became big because the next batter was Ozuna, who got the aforementioned two RBI hit after that. So that was a big play in this game. Harris getting that hit. Hustling into second base was just safe, as they saw on the review, and the play was thankfully overturned. You never know with those guys in New York. Uh, so that was a big play right there as well. And then Acuna and Swanson atop the lineup, setting the table. They both had two hits. They both scored two runs. You know, when those guys get on base, it's a good chance that they're going to come around and score. Acuna scoring the game-winning run with Austin Riley driving him in on a sack fly, so great to see that from those two guys that top the lineup. But the offense getting it done on a night where the Braves pitching just wasn't all there. We'll talk about that next. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And right now, they have a new flavor that's coming out that has become my personal favorite. That's a cookie dough chunk puff, light, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks and of course they're covered in 100 real chocolate plus they're great for you they only have about 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein and they're also made with collagen protein which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits so not only are you eating something that tastes delicious you're eating something that is great for you as well so make sure you head to built.com right now to grab all the cookie dough chunk puffs that you can get your hands on and while you're there, use our promo code LOCKEDON15. That's LOCKEDON15, a new code, to get 15% off your order. Once again, that's LOCKEDON15 at Built.com to get 15% off your order. Kyle Wright has been one of the most consistent pitchers for the Atlanta Braves, really all season, but particularly over the last couple of months. And when he was given a three-run lead early and then a 6-1 lead again, you thought, okay, Kyle Wright's going to cruise to another quality start, pick up his 18th win on the year as he has his pursuit for 20. But that just wasn't the case on Tuesday. He just could not get things going, his command eluding him throughout the start. He goes four-plus innings, gives up eight earned runs on five hits and three walks with four strikeouts. He only allowed nine earned runs in all of August and nine earned runs in all of July, and he gives up eight earned on Tuesday, his first start in September. Well, velocity looked fine. It was really just location, and he was doing a great job of getting ahead of hitters early away or early in the game but couldn't put them away for whatever reason. But I really liked how he was attacking the zone. I mean, he got ahead of just about everybody in this start early on. Got hurt by some pitches that he left up. Tony Kemp, first batter of the game. He was ahead of him, I believe, one, two. Tried to throw a changeup down and away. It stayed up, and Kemp roped it into right field for a double, which eventually got the A's on the board after the Braves had scored three in the top half. So that's really what I noticed most about Kyle Wright. He was leaving pitches up, and when he did, he was getting hammered. And 
It was really the third and the fifth inning. Things just got away from him. But the third in particular gave up a two-out single and then back-to-back home runs, which cut a 6-1 lead to 6-5 to in just a matter of minutes right there. Looked like maybe he was going to get out of it and then gave up those couple of home runs. But then he came back and struck out the side in the fourth inning, and it looked like, okay, maybe he was back on track. Brace put up three runs in the top of the fifth, and then Wright started the bottom half by walking the leadoff out of the first pitch of the inning. Tony Kent was showing bun, and he threw the pitch behind him, and then Wright hit the next batter. Then he walked the batter after that, loading the bases with no outs and ending his outing. It was just really a bizarre outing for Kyle Wright altogether. The command just coming and going, really inning to inning, just wasn't able to land his pitches for strikes when he needed to in a lot of these innings, like I said, really outside of that fourth inning. Dylan Lee came on in relief um, in that fifth inning. And look, you know, everybody kind of wanted to question that decision. You know, I believe Dylan Lee, and let me just tell you first, Dylan Lee came on, he struck out the first batter, you know, a good start. He ended up getting, you know, two outs, but then gave up a big three-run homer. He got a strikeout, a force out, but then gave up a three-run homer, which tied the game at nine. Look, it's a tough spot. It's the fifth inning. It's the middle of the game. You're not going to typically bring in one of your best relievers, but I think this is just going to show that Dylan Lee has lost some trust for me at least, in in close games, in tight spots. Um, you know, he's been great all year. Certainly I'm thankful for the work that he done. He has done, particularly in the first half. But when you look at his work in the second half, I just don't think you can trust him in, in big spots anymore, in, in close games. And, you know, I think Brian Snicker knows that. I mean, it was still a three-run game when he come in, came in. He got the first two guys that he faced out, but then gave up that big home run. And that's just a, it's a tough blow. I mean, you get he gets that next batter out, you go to the next inning and you feel pretty good about it. But I just feel like Dylan Lee has come into the middle of innings a lot of times and given up that home run, that big home run here lately. So I just don't think he's a guy you can trust right now in a big spot. Going back to Kyle Wright, you know, a great opportunity to win his 18th game, wasn't able to do that. And again, this is where the outing just gets weird for me. He had 12 swings and misses, which is pretty good. 12 called strikes and just 75 pitches thrown. But when he missed, he got hit really hard. 93.1 mile per hour average exit velocity. Seven of the 12 balls put in play against him were hard hits. And basically, if they didn't have a negative launch angle, it was a hit. Only one of the six balls with a positive launch angle didn't go for a hit and that to me indicates you know that he left the ball up too much and you go back and look at a lot of the hits he gave up really all but one of them were in the upper half of the strike zone and when he's relying on that sinker which you know want you want to sink when you're throwing that up in the zone it flattens out and it makes it a lot easier to get under that ball and hit it out and really that's just what we saw from Kyle Wright in this game he was leaving that pitch up way too much and it was getting getting hit hard and and the batters were able to get some loft under it so again control that's really all it was for Kyle Wright in this one and then just losing command of his pitches I mean I saw him kind of barking at the the landing spot on the mound I don't know if maybe that was getting in his mind or whatever but just certainly at times his command just eluded him for whatever reason 
and he wasn't able to get it under control. You saw him, you know, walk batters, hit batters, throw a ball behind a couple of batters. He just, he just didn't have it. Just one of those, those nights. So again, the guy who's been one of the most consistent starters for the Braves all year long, uh, just didn't have it on this night. I feel right, fine about him going forward, um, but it just was not his evening. I mean, I talked about Dylan Lee. After Dylan Lee, Jesse Chavez came in and just continues to work wonders out of the Braves' bullpen. He had a clean, solid inning, really kind of settled things down after the offenses for both teams were crazy through the first five innings. Then Iglesias comes on in the seventh inning, has a good inning, gives up a two-out hit, but nothing else. A.J. Minter with a clean eighth inning. And then it's a one-run game going into the ninth inning, and here comes Kenley Jansen, who – you know, blown saves in his last couple of outings. And he gets an easy save. And it's exactly what I think he needed. Look as great as he's been in his career. I think he certainly is struggling with some confidence issues right now. He knows he's not where he needs to be. He's no, he's, he knows he's not pitching to his capabilities. So I think he certainly needed this. I think Braves fans, I needed this, you know, to see this type of Kenley Jansen. And it was... I mean, it was really just impounding the strike zone. He only threw 12 pitches. Oakland hitters swung at eight of them, and they missed on five of them. I mean, he was throwing cutters, you know, right down the middle. Really what the difference was a lot in this game, he was right at the top of the zone with a lot of those cutters, which is just really difficult to hit. And his cutter velocity was up a mile per hour, so he's throwing a little harder as well. And again, just pumping it you know, middle up in the zone and the hitters just could not get to it. So a great outing for Kenley Jansen, one that he definitely needed and great to see him kind of shut the door uh, when the Braves really needed this game. Uh, did not want to lose a game against the A's in a game in which you score 10 runs. So certainly glad to see the Braves, you know, really hold on to that and end up winning that close one and moving into first place with the New York Mets. So a good game, a good day all around as the Braves are now back atop the standings. And now it's up to them going forward. Can they play better, one game better than the Mets the rest of the way? And that will continue on Wednesday afternoon as the Braves take on the A's again. We'll talk about that next. On Wednesday afternoon, it'll be Spencer Strider versus Ken Waldachuk. Uh, Waldachuk, 24-year-old lefty, so another lefty for the Braves. He was part of the trade with the Yankees for Frankie Montas and Lou Trevino earlier at this year's trade deadline, and he made his big league de debut in his last start on September 1st, went four and two-thirds innings, gave up five hits, four walks, but just one earned run with six strikeouts against the Nationals. You look at his minor league numbers, he had a 3.03 ERA and a 1.16 whip across 110 innings last year between high and double A with 163 strikeouts, so a big strikeout pitcher. And this year in the minors, he had a 284 ERA and a 1.16 whip again over 95 innings with 137 strikeouts between double A and triple A. So a big strikeout guy for the A's in this one. Uh, he has a mid-90s fastball, low 80s changeup, and a low 80s slider. It, and he has good spin on both his fastball and slider. Honestly, really similar to Spencer Strider, which is kind of scary 
uh, to think about, especially when you look at the pitch mix, very similar, although he, he throws his changeup a good bit more than Spencer Strider. So I think this will be a pretty interesting matchup. Again, two guys, both with a pretty, uh, pretty comparable repertoire. Obviously, Strider has been fantastic. He was great his last time out, 16 strikeouts. Would love to see him build upon that, have another great outing, and then see what this Braves offense can do. They've been good as late, but as a pitcher they haven't seen before and a pitcher that's you know pretty new to the major league level. So we'll see how the Braves kind of handle him. I would hope that maybe they're a little bit patient with him, especially since he walked four batters his last outing, his first outing at the big league level, and hopefully they can get to him early and Strider can have a great game. Braves put another win on the board, and hopefully uh, the Mets lose at least one of their games on Wednesday. They're playing a doubleheader against the Pirates. They'll have Chris Bassett in the afternoon game and then Jacob DeGrom at night. So hoping that uh, Pirates can at least steal another one there. And some news for the Mets also on Wednesday morning, Max Scherzer is headed to the IL. So that's a big blow for them as well down the stretch. So Braves have an opportunity here. Like I said, they've put themselves in a position after a slow start to have the opportunity to win the NL East, but you got to keep taking care of business, winning the games that you should. And again, that starts with Wednesday afternoon in Oakland. That will do it for this episode. Thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen every day. We'll be back tomorrow talking about Wednesday's afternoon game and hopefully the Atlanta Braves having sole possession of first place in the NL East. Again, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen, the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, an eight-episode extravaganza extravaganza to help you get ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into one ultimate NFL preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 